0: you're the steward of that customer experience and you've got the tools and technologies to really make a difference. So how do you step back and look at how you help drive and contribute to the bottom line? I think there's a lot of opportunity in this space whether you're more creative or you're more technical and it's just really taking advantage of kind of an open-mindedness and the skills that, you know, young people coming out of school are bringing and how to really apply that to making a difference in a business.
1: Welcome to Digital 99s. I'm your host, Alisa Parker. Digital 99s highlights the amazing work being done by women in IT and marketing. EpiServer has created this series to celebrate digital leaders who are truly transforming their fields. Today we meet Lori Hood. Lori Hood, she is the portfolio marketing leader for IBM Marketing Solutions. So Laurie, just kicking this off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing at IBM right now?
0: Well, sure, Lisa, thank you so much for asking. Um, I came to IBM through the acquisition of Silverpop, and Silverpop was a digital marketing technology company. And so in my role, I'm responsible for product positioning and messaging now across all of our different marketing solutions. And so my team works very closely, both with the product development and offering teams, as well as our sales teams, and as well as the marketing organizations to help drive demand and to help sell our products and services to marketers pretty much globally in any industry.
1: And Laura, you've had, I, I believe, over 20 years experience in marketing technology and product management. So I'm curious, how did you how did you get your start in this industry and how has the industry changed since you began your career?
0: So, you know, it It's interesting, I I majored in economics and minored in computer science in college, and my father was a career IBMer, so it's funny how it's kind of come full circle. But his working for IBM is really what had me minor in computer science. I worked for Accenture for five years out of college, and then from there ended up in the software industry, and it was this incredibly dynamic time with companies like Apple and Microsoft really emerging and kind of this whole concept of both business and personal computing. So I really got my start more on the technology side of the business. You know, the industry, you asked how the industry's changed over the years, and I think the technology industry clearly has exploded. But marketing technology very specifically is kind of, it's the final frontier for business computing. The other parts of the business have their applications, HR and finance applications and manufacturing applications, really kind of now is the time for the marketer. And there's so much marketing technology out there. And in, in, in it's kind of a blessing and a curse. I mean, on the one hand, there are all of these amazing ways to leverage automation within your business and within your marketing. But I think that presents a, a lot of challenges for the marketer.
1: Yeah. What are some of the challenges that you see right now around that?
0: Well, you know, the marketer's role, Alisa, um, has his really kind of started to transform. And, you know, in the early days, I think marketing skills were very much about creative and creativity, the kind of things you see on Mad Men. And, and it's really kind of started to transform to... a a job that requires more technical skills. Again, we've talked about kind of the prevalence of technology now in marketing. Well, as a marketer, you need to be able to understand the technology, use the technology, figure out which technologies are gonna make a difference for your business um and also marketing has become more analytical it's really become more results based and so there's an expectation that marketers are going to bring these numbers to the leadership table and they're going to use analytics and they're going to use data to really prove the success of the campaigns that they're executing so I think the demand on the marketer has really grown beyond just having kind of creative skills and, and customer empathy and this degree of kind of catchiness and cleverness into how you take your products to the market to having much more of a technology and analytical side. And if you look at you know, young people coming out of colleges today, there are so many careers in marketing that are all very multifaceted. So I think it just presents a lot of really exciting opportunity.
1: It really does. I mean, and it is it is fascinating to look at the evolution of just the industry and in marketing. I mean, nowadays, too, you know, we hear about algorithms and the technical part. And so I'm sure your background in computer science and technology has helped certainly serve you really well in the work you're doing now. How much of it is it, Lori, where you're coupling this technical data that you're constantly receiving from the customers and still incorporating that sense of knowing, having an idea of what your primary customer is looking for, uh, especially when that ties to an emotional connection with something.
0: Well, I, I think, Elisa, what we're seeing now when we talk about kind of an emotional connection is really this focus on the customer journey and what does that journey look like? What channels are they interacting with you through? What sort of information do they need and how are they behaving emotionally during potentially periods of emotional high or emotional lows when something might go wrong on that journey? And then looking at how you can use technology and content and the different channels to, to kind of to make the emotional highs even higher and then really mitigate the lows to kind of transform that experience. And I think it's that focus on customer experience that really starts bringing it all together. You know, what we see in a lot of marketing departments are, are a lot of silos. As marketing channels started to grow, the marketing department would just create another silo to deal with it so you've probably got a web team and a digital team and a mobile team and a social team and those teams aren't necessarily working together very well and the end result of that is the impact on the customer. So, as marketers are starting to step back, they're starting to break down the silos and really look at mapping that journey that's where they're getting to the root of what's going on with the customer and then how they can impact that for a more positive experience you know the fundamentals are still the same as a marketer i want to get new customers i want to sell more to the customers i have and i really want to drive advocacy and brand loyalty especially in today's social media obsessed culture so so the fundamentals are still there it's just I've got so many more channels, and and everybody will say, oh, well, print is dead, and direct mail is dead, or events are dead, but as a marketer, none of those channels are going away. Everybody is still doing the traditional channels, and now you've got this proliferation of digital channels that you have to deal with as well. And so it really just makes it even more important to have a cohesive story and understand what's going on with the customer as they're moving between the different channels. customers, you know, we're all we're inherently multi-channel now. And so how as a marketer do you recognize that and really use it to your advantage? You really have
1: to wear multiple hats in some ways. It seems like Lori it's moving so fast. So how do you stay on top of all of this? And being ahead, like we talk about digital ninety nine series, you know, Amelia Earhart is this pioneer for female pilots and it, and I bring that up as an example because it's kind of staying ahead of your game like she did and being a pioneer in, in that. So how do you continue to do that, knowing the industry trends and staying on top of that?
0: Elise, it that's a great question. And especially... You know, how do you keep up and stay current in, in a culture that has so much information available? And I think you've got to address it on, on multiple fronts. You've got to look at things that are really going to help you professionally, whether they're in your industry or not. You know, other men and women who are, are leading by example and who you can learn from, you know, where you're working with a mentor or something like that. You know within your industry i think you've got to stay because there is so much information pick the key areas and the key vehicles content vehicles that you feel work for you it's not going to be 10 of them it might be one or two and really leverage those and make a commitment to reading their content and being involved i also think you can't discount um the opportunities for face-to-face involvement and networking with your peers. You know, I would recommend to people find a group in your city. It might be the American Marketing Association, it might be an interactive marketing group in Atlanta. There's the Technology Association of Georgia that has a group that's focused on marketing, the Marketing Society. Get involved with a local group. So I would look at, you know, things that you can do from a big professional impact. Things that you can do from keeping current in your industry and again pick a couple key publications or websites or blog sites and then look at something you can do locally that's going to keep you in the mix where you can learn and you can network. So you said pick your favorite few. What's your favorite?
1: I know you're on the board, the uh, Technology Association with Georgia.
0: So locally, I participate in the Technology Association of Georgia, and I'm on the board of the Marketing Society. And, you know, there are plenty of times when I think I'm really tired after a long day's work, but... We've got a meeting and I need to go. And every time I go and I walk out of there, I've always learned something and I always meet somebody interesting. And I think you've just, you've got to make the effort. And sometimes it's hard. And again, you can't spread yourself too thin. That's why I say just pick one. More than one becomes overwhelming, one becomes doable. You know, when I look at online sources, I like marketing profs. And Handley has some great stuff out there on content. We really try to add value to the marketer by publishing a significant amount of thought leadership. So there's a lot of opportunities online to make yourself smarter.
1: So, Lori, there's no question that today's consumers have higher expectations for customer engagement. We were talking about that earlier. You know, and they're interacting with your brand across a variety of channels at the touch of a button, and they expect a consistent experience no matter where, when, or how they choose to engage. So what does this mean both for the business-to-business and then also for the business-to-consumer marketers from your own experience?
0: I think fundamentally when we look at how we're interacting with our customer or prospect, regardless of whether we're B2B or B2C, a lot of it is just understanding and acknowledging their behavior across channel and reacting in an appropriate way. Now that becomes different when it's a business to consumer sort of interaction and you may be an e-commerce provider and you have a website and you're trying to get somebody to buy something Versus you maybe sell a high dollar B2B product or service that has a lengthy sales cycle that you're sort of working somebody through, maybe through nurturing or other types of interactions. But I think that having this clear view of of the outcome you're trying to achieve, and then mapping content back to that outcome, and leveraging that content to try to really drive that buying decision. Because typically at the end, that's what we're trying to do. When you look at kind of building that relationship through that process, you really want to look at the data that you have, either demographic data or behavioral data and use that to kind of to inform those interactions what we see are that interactions that are more personal and more relevant are going to convert at a higher rate I mean part of that's common sense but we also see proof points when we look at you know digital marketing metrics so how do you take what you know and then use that when you react and how, how does that make you smarter My guest is
1: Lori Hood. She's the portfolio marketing and leader for IBM Marketing Solutions. Lori, prior to this, was with Silverpop, which uh, was acquired by IBM. And Silverpop's behavioral marketing platform enables marketers to take action on customer behaviors in real time and deepen brand loyalty, deliver the perfect customer experience. So how important is personalization to this process? And what advice would you have for companies who have yet to begin personalizing content for their visitors at this, you know, at an individual level?
0: Personalization, Alisa, is incredibly important. And, you know, a lot of marketers are just starting out with it. And I think that... Marketers have a tendency to be perfectionists, so we want, every, we want every piece of data that we're gonna use and we want it to be perfect. Figure out the data that you have and how you can use it to make a difference in that communication. And if you know that you, someone's a woman or someone's a man, you may choose to show pictures of women or pictures of men. That's a starting point. Um, if you understand past purchase behavior, geographic location, you've got to look at that data that you can get access to now and figure out how to leverage it. Then start looking more broadly within your business at other sources of data. And you've also got to make sure it's across your channels. If I do something on your website, if I buy something through your e-commerce system, don't send me an email advertising it the next day. Send me an email advertising complementary products or, or the next logical purchase based on what I just bought. And make sure you benchmark. You want to understand where your programs are are today. And then as you start adding this data and making more investments, you want to be able to see how transformational that is to your return.
1: Laura, you discussed this a little bit when we first began this interview just around your own evolution in this field. Knowing how much it has changed and evolved just in the time since you've been working in this industry, What advice would you have now for others who are just starting out in this industry and field?
0: You know, Elisa, advice for others who are starting out, I would say you've picked a great place to start a career because it is so dynamic there is so much change and there's a tremendous amount of opportunity and if you look at what's been going on in the marketing space for the last 10 years versus the 50 years before it it's just so it's so transformational and it's really Become so important in terms of how a business is interacting with someone, and it's gone, you know, well beyond just I see a billboard or I see a print ad to to really becoming part of people's daily lives through applications and push messages or text messages on their mobile phones and I think as a marketer when you start looking at this, you know, you're you're the steward of that customer experience and you've got the tools and technologies to really make a difference. So how do you step back and look at how you help drive and contribute to the bottom line? But I think there's There's a lot of opportunity in this space, whether you're more creative or you're more technical. And it's just really taking advantage of kind of an open-mindedness and the skills that, you know, young people coming out of school are bringing and how to really apply that to making a difference in a business.
1: I love the words around being a steward and how everything is so integrated in our lives these days. So for young women and young men who are interested in pursuing this. I mean, you started out doing computer science and then, uh, ev- you know, evolved from there in economics as well. For someone who's going into school, let's say, or once the training around this, what would you recommend their focus be?
0: That's a great question. And I think it's hard for young people. You know, you come out of high school and you're sort of familiar. There's jobs that everybody's familiar with, doctor, lawyer, policeman, nurse, teacher, and then there's the other 90% of the jobs in the world. And, you know, you're you're familiar with things because maybe a parent worked there or a friend's parent or a cousin or an aunt or uncle. So, you know, I think it's really challenging. And I think it's challenging for young people to know kind of a lot of them, what, what am I really interested in? What, what excites me? You know, I would suggest, Now, there are so many marketing curriculums at at different schools, and that's certainly a place to start. You know, when I look at my colleagues, a lot of people came through journalism types of degrees. There are a lot of opportunities in mainstream marketing degrees. We're really seeing marketing operations kind of bringing that marketing knowledge and that technology knowledge together as being a huge career opportunity for young people. People. So I would say, you know, if you've, if you've got technical skills, but you don't want to be a developer, you know, marketing's a really exciting place to, to look at and a place where you can be very close to the core of the business. So, you know, for folks, young people who are interested in marketing, You know, look at the marketing curriculums, and I'd be really aggressive on getting internships or doing volunteer work with different groups in the marketing area. It might be social media marketing. It might be digital marketing. Groups are always looking for people, be it an industry group or a local charity. There are a lot of places to kind of to try this out and get your feet wet and see if it's something that you're really interested in.
1: That's really great advice, Lori. I know I have two young daughters, and I am often telling them that, you know, many of the positions, uh, jobs, careers that they might have don't even exist yet. It's really helpful, I think, as you said, getting yourself out there and also following what really interests you. Uh, My last question is, Lori, is, and this is more of the bigger question, but just in regards to women, what would be your message to women around the world? And that could be women both in in this industry or just even beyond that.
0: You know that that's a Elisa. That's an interesting question, and and I was on a panel last spring and and kind of with a at it, it a women's luncheon talking about a similar topic, and and I had given it a lot of thought prior to that, and I think women women sometimes let fear and self doubt overtake us, and often we think, well, I don't know if I'm smart enough or. I don't know if I deserve that I don't I don't know if I if I should go after that new job there's probably someone who'll be better than me and we need to stop thinking that way and 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 it's it's be confident and and go after that opportunity because you are as smart if not smarter than the next person and, and you are deserving of that and don't let you hold yourself back and I see a lot of young ladies who are who are very confident coming out of school and keep writing that and don't don't doubt yourself and just and I think that that confidence and that wanting to work hard. I mean, you know, it's not easy. Having a job's not easy, and being successful takes work. But don't let your self-doubt hold you back. Go out there and go after it. And especially when people are supporting you, nobody's gonna hire you for a job that you can't do, so there's no reason to not go for it.
1: That's right. Lori Hood, she is the portfolio marketing leader for IBM Marketing Solutions. Lori, thanks so much for just doing everything that you're doing and for taking the time to share with us both your, your both your own personal stories and about the
0: great work that you're doing right now. Really appreciate it. Well, Elisa, it's my pleasure and thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it.
1: I'm your host, Elisa Parker of Digital 99s. Digital 99s is brought to you by EpiServer. EpiServer's Digital Experience Cloud makes it easy for digital marketing and e-commerce teams to transform their businesses. Thanks for listening.